Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Improve Me. The first thing I want to say is a big thank you to those of you who have sent links out to friends and family. I did make a specific request uh, to get some links sent out to Africa and Asia if you knew anyone there, just so I could add those continents to the list. And I've actually had downloads come out of both of those continents shortly after I put that request in. So I wanted to say that I was genuinely blown away by the support and absolutely love that you guys and girls would help me promote the podcast in that way. Quick shout out to the US, download numbers have been steadily growing, which I love, and the US has definitely taken the second spot in terms of downloads, second only to Australia, of course. Now, the podcast is up to 19 countries now in terms of places it's been downloaded from, so that's pretty cool, and at the end of the day, you you listeners, really, um, you guys actually make the podcast, because without you, I'd just be a guy talking to myself. So, thanks for the love and support, I'm very grateful. Now, getting into today's podcast which is all about nicotine, pre-warning, this episode is going to get sciencey. Now, nicotine, it's one of the world's most consumed substances. Literally billions of people ingest nicotine on a daily basis, often numerous times throughout the day and night. Most people consume nicotine by smoking, tobacco in cigarettes, which obviously contains nicotine, but also contains a bunch of other stuff. Burning tobacco, like with cigarettes, releases the nicotine to make it accessible so it can be absorbed by various tissues and cells within the body. But there are other ways people absorb nicotine by utilising tobacco, and I won't go into that now, but it can also be consumed in the form of patches, nicotine gum, and even nicotine pills. Remember that this episode is on nicotine, not smoking in particular, but that's obviously going to come up, right? I'll be talking about some negatives surrounding health and also, believe it or not, in some cases, some cases, the health benefits of delivering nicotine via certain methods of absorption in the body. And just straight up, those methods do not include smoking or vaping. I'll be going into vaping in particular because of the rapid rise in its popularity and especially in younger people. I'm going to break it down so by the end of this episode you'll understand how nicotine is affecting the body and brain, some of the negatives and the benefits without needing to be an expert in neuroscience or biology. Okay, so nicotine. Let's learn how it affects our body and brain, how it affects our mental performance, our mental health and our physical health. Remembering that how the nicotine is delivered to our bodies is critical and we need to remember that different delivery methods will have different health impacts. We all know that smoking is detrimental to your health. The damage it does to the lungs is beyond question. We all know that. Now, before I say this, I just want to stress that what I'm about to say isn't a recommendation to start chewing nicotine gum, but the research suggests that there there are some circumstances where it can, in some cases, prevent cognitive impairment, and that's why some people chew nicotine gum. There are those in the science world that believe in the ability of nicotine to help with focus and motivation and a less detrimental way 
to access that nicotine is by chewing nicotine gum as opposed to smoking or vaping which we all know is damaging the body. Now nicotine is believed to both promote cognitive function but it can also and obviously depending on the dose and the individual it can impair cognitive function. Right so you might be surprised to know that nicotine can be found in foods like potatoes, tomatoes, sweet peppers, eggplant, cauliflower and also black and green teas. There's probably going to be others, but you know the ones I've just listed are probably the most common plants that we consume. The nicotine content in these plants is substantially lower than the levels found in the tobacco plant, and we believe that nicotine evolved in plants as a defense mechanism against insects. And the theory is believed so strongly there's even some pesticides that contain nicotine because nicotine can have a devastating effect on an insect's nervous system, their biology, and effectively sterilizing them in terms of reproduction. That's obviously not the same for humans. We're far more complex life forms than simple insects, and we actually have specific nicotinic receptors designed for nicotine to bind to. So at some stage of our evolution, our bodies develop these receptors in order to utilize nicotine found in the environment. And just an interesting side note, did you know that some insects aren't even aware of their own existence? They behave in a completely reactionary way based on the stimuli in their environment. They don't even know they exist. Anyway. So smoking and vaping. Burning or heating tobacco leads to a heat-induced change in the availability of the nicotine. And this is why smoking or vaping tobacco, just by heating it up, allows the nicotine to be liberated and make its way into the bloodstream by inhaling the smoke or the vapor into your lungs. So let's have a close look at, at how the nicotine is separated from these plants and makes its way into the human body. Whether it's by inhaling smoke or vapor, or by allowing tobacco to come into contact with certain mucosal tissues like those found in the mouth and nose, the nicotine gets into the bloodstream and once it does that, it binds to specially designed receptors called nicotinic receptors and that's when it can exert its effects. The nicotinic receptors are part of the acetylcholinergic, sorry, the acetylcholinergic variety. Say that 10 times. Acetylcholine is a chemical that's released in the body and brain and when it binds to receptors which are like tiny gaps on individual cells that only let the acetylcholine bind to it. In fact all receptors will only allow certain things to bind to them right? So when acetylcholine binds to a cell it changes the way that cell behaves. So the cell can become electrically active, it could release other chemicals, they can do a whole bunch of different things. When we ingest nicotine, it gets into the bloodstream so some of it will get into the body, some of it will get into the, into the brain and it'll bind to those nicotinic receptors and there are a bunch of different types of nicotinic receptors on a heap of different tissues in the body. And the differences in those receptors govern what effects nicotine will have on those tissues. So what are those different effects? Well let's break it down between the effects of the body and the effects of the brain. Basically we'll divide it into between the central nervous system found in the brain but also the spinal cord which is also part of the central nervous system. Basically everything else will be considered the body. Now there are a lot of different nicotinic acetylcholine receptors, but if you want to dive a little deep into the science, the main effects of the nicotine in the brain are mediated by nicotine binding to the alpha 4 beta 2 receptor. Even if you don't care about the receptor subtypes, that's going to come up later when we discuss why nicotine suppresses appetite. In fact, one of the major reasons why people don't want to quit smoking or why they quit smoking and they start up again is because nicotine will increase metabolism, it'll reduce hunger by binding to this alpha-4 beta-2 receptor, and it, that, that's happening in a particular area of the brain. Now, if you've ever heard that nicotine suppresses appetite, 
It does. And it's not the behavior of smoking itself. There are direct effects of nicotine on both appetite. That is, it reduces appetite and has direct effects on the metabolism. It increases metabolism through the effects on some other areas of the brain and body and within the brain. Nicotine binds to this alpha-4, beta-2 receptor in various locations in the brain. And there are three or maybe a fourth one. Anyway, um, and we'll look at the neurochemical effects of nicotine after you ingest it. Firstly, when you consume nicotine by smoking tobacco, or if you place tobacco into contact with the mucosal lining of the nasal passages or the mouth, it takes between you know, roughly 2 to 15 minutes for that nicotine to enter the bloodstream. Smoking hits the bloodstream faster, and vaping hits the bloodstream even faster still. Placing tobacco directly in contact with the mucosal lining is going to be the slowest. You know, that's where people, they kind of jam tobacco into their cheek or the gum or behind their lips. So nicotine gets into the bloodstream, and then nicotine can pass through what's called the blood-brain barrier. And very basically, the blood-brain barrier, sometimes just known as BBB, it's a membrane that it either allows or it blocks all sorts of large and smaller molecules into the microenvironment of the neurons or the brain cells. To get past the blood-brain barrier defenses, so to speak, the molecule needs to be either lipophilic or hydrophilic, meaning basically, well, the key difference between lipophilic and hydrophilic is that lipophilic refers to the ability of a substance to dissolve in lipids or fats, while hydrophilic refers to the ability of a substance to dissolve in water. So it, it, it'll dissolve in water. So because it can pass through the blood, blood brain barrier, it's gonna have very rapid effects on the brain in, in these four major categories of neurochemicals and neural circuits. Everyone should know that within their brain, they have what's called the mesolimbic reward pathway. The mesolimbic reward pathway, sometimes referred to as the dopamine reward pathway, is a set of connections between the brain area called the ventral tegmental area. You don't have to remember all these names, you know, all this stuff, but if you want to, that's obviously fine too. Now, the ventral tegmental area, or VTA, connects to another area called the nucleus accumbens. Now, this is pretty important. Nicotine triggers the release of dopamine from the nucleus accumbens, and this is what gives nicotine its rewarding properties. It increases motivation, and it tends to give a not-so-subtle but very brief increase in feelings of well-being and alertness and also motivation. That's because of the increase in dopamine caused by the nicotine directly within the nucleus accumbens. Nicotine also triggers the release of certain chemicals from the ventral tegmental area itself, and those encroach on the nucleus accumbens and also increase dopamine levels even more. This is what makes the rewarding properties of nicotine so powerful. This is why billions of people smoke or consume nicotine in one form or another. It's also why nicotine is so hard to quit, because there's a, a potent increase in the dopamine from multiple neural circuit pathways within the mesolimbic reward circuitry. Now, within the, the mesolimbic reward circuitry, there's an interesting feature. Um, there's there's these accelerators that basically force out more dopamine to get do more dopamine released. So just quickly, gamma amino bituric acid, otherwise known as GABA, G-A-B-A, is an amino acid that functions in the primary inhibitory neurotransmitter for the central nervous system. It functions to reduce neuronal excitability by inhibiting nerve transmission. GABA is inhibitory 
neurotransmitter. And you don't need to know too much about this to just understand that nicotine both increases dopamine, but also decreases the activity of GABA. And so this is like dialing up the production of dopamine and then just snapping off the dial. So there's a two-pronged effect of nicotine on reinforcement reward dopamine-related pathways. The feel-good motivation pathways, and that is an increase in dopamine and a decrease in GABA. And again, that's all expressed through this limbic reward pathway involving the ventral tegmental area and the nucleus accumbens. So if you can get your head around even a tiny bit of what I've, been, what I've just told you, or even if you can just remember, nicotine increases dopamine and that's why it feels so good. And it makes you want more of it. You have everything you need to know in order to understand why nicotine is so highly used and also abused. Why it's so hard to quit. And that will point to avenues as to how to quit or reduce intake. And it also points to how nicotine can actually be used in an antidepressant way should you choose to use it in, in that fashion. And we'll talk about what's involved for choosing that, but just understand nicotine increases motivation. It decreases negative feelings and mood to increase as positive feelings of mood and motivation. The second major effect that nicotine has on the brain is that it increases acetylcholine. And acetylcholine is a neuromodulator that exists in everyone and is released from multiple sites within the brain. The two main sites are the nucleus basalis. So they, these are a collection of neurons in the front and the base of your brain and from some of the brain stem areas. There are a bunch of different ones in your brain stem, which is the back part of your brain, um, that also release acetylcholine. There are a bunch of these, almost impossible to announce different areas of the brain back there we don't have to go into all those names but just understand that there are these little pockets of neurons or nerve cells located mainly in the front and the back of your brain that can serve two major roles and you know here they are so acetylcholine released from one area leads to sort of highlighting a particular neural circuit in the brain so just say you're working on um, uh, like a puzzle um, and I spoke about this earlier when acetylcholine is released from the nucleus basalis, the neurons are there in the base of the brain and they extend axons, which are like a long thread-like part of the nerve cell, which impulses are sent from the cell body to other cells so they can essentially communicate or pass along information. Now elsewhere in the brain, and when acetylcholine is released, it tends to be released in particular locations in the brain that are associated with whatever activity we happen to be doing at the moment. So if you're doing a puzzle, the neurons that are involved in trying to figure out the solution to that puzzle are active. And then the acetylcholine is released from these little threads, the, the little endings of these cells in the nuclear basalis, and all of a sudden, those neural circuits get a boost and they become more active. Now at that point, our ability to complete that puzzle, or at least focus on that puzzle, gets enhanced. It literally increases our attention for that, and it's enhanced, so it's literally like a neurochemical attention spotlight. Nicotine increases acetylcholine and thereby focusing concentration and mental performance. Not by changing the neural circuits that are activated, but rather by making acetylcholine available to those release sites. So it's as if the spotlight just got more intense, more intense than it would have been otherwise. And I should probably also mention that because of the so-called pharmacokinetics, the time course in which nicotine has its effects, which are they're pretty short-lived, right? 
So this enhancement in cognitive performance and attention is going to be quite fleeting, probably in the order of about 30 to 45 minutes. The half-life of nicotine, depending on how it's consumed and whether or not you have it, you know, food in your stomach or whatever else is in the bloodstream, etc., etc., it could be anywhere from one to two hours. But typically, the effects of nicotine will be felt within two to fifteen minutes, and then will last anywhere from about thirty to forty-five minutes. Now, it's interesting to note, and I've mentioned this before in other episodes, our normal usual attention span is around thirty to forty-five minutes. So it seems that nicotine is simply enhancing our attention and focus levels, not increasing the duration that we can concentrate or focus. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool. Right. So, so you might see these chain smokers who are trying to maintain constant levels of nicotine in their brain and bloodstream because they can sense the cognitive and physical effects of nicotine, including this cognitive enhancement effect and the highlighting of these neural circuits. They might notice that when they smoke a cigarette and then for the next 5 to 45 minutes have this heightened sense of focus, then it's going to start to drop off so they smoke another cigarette. In other words, they're trying to maintain a constant level of nicotine for whatever activities that they're performing. Obviously, chain smoking, because of the detrimental effects of smoking, depletion of just about every organ and body tissue to the point that it can actually be measured how many years you're reducing your life by in terms of lifespan by smoking. 
you know, the terrible effects of smoking are indisputable, but the positive effects of nicotine on the circuitry are part of the reason why people would chain smoke in the first place, rather than get one big peak of concentration and focus and then just let it disappear after 45 minutes or so. Okay, so what we have is a scenario where dopamine is going up the mesolimbic pathway. That's why when smoking or consuming nicotine in any other form, it feels good and it makes us feel motivated. And then the increase in, the co- in, in acetylcholine, especially from the nucleus basalis in the front area of the brain, is the reason why it can increase our ability to focus on particular types of projects. Particularly mental work that we're doing or maybe even particular kinds of physical work. Although, obviously, any kind of physical work is going to be decreased by the effects of smoking. In, in other words, if you're thinking about consuming nicotine through smoking or vaping in order to improve physical performance, that, that's a terrible idea. The, the logic isn't there. The health detriments definitely are. It's going to be very counterintuitive. The third chemical pathway that's strongly activated when nicotine is brought into the central nervous system, i.e. into the brain, is epinephrine, particularly norepinephrine, which is obviously related to epinephrine. Now, epinephrine is the same as adrenaline, that's still true. Norepinephrine is closely related to epinephrine. They all have the same end result, at least in, in this context, what I'm talking about today. And that's to increase levels of alertness, energy and arousal. And the way that nicotine accomplishes those increases of alertness and arousal, the energy within the brain, is by triggering the release of norepinephrine from a little cluster of neurons in the back of the brain called the locus ceruleus, a tiny cluster of neurons that has these little threads, these axons that extend heaps of places within the brain, not everywhere, but virtually everywhere. And they can spray the brain with norepinephrine, which essentially serves as a wake-up signal, elevating levels of energy and alertness. And when that combines with the acetylcholine from the nucleus bacillus, which causes that attention spotlighting I spoke about earlier, it increases focus and concentration. And with the feel-good properties of dopamine released into the mesolimbic reward pathway. So now you can start to get a picture of why nicotine is such a powerful molecule. It's making people feel more motivated. It's making people feel focused and it makes people feel alert and they, you know, more so than they would otherwise feel. So this is a really powerful compound. So we're talking about one molecule being nicotine found in plants we eat and consume in other ways like the tobacco plant. And it can be synthesized in a laboratory and consumed through, say, a nicotine patch or nicotine gum or even a nicotine pill. One molecule can trigger activation of all the circuits for focus and motivation in one foul swoop. So that, that in itself is pretty astonishing. I mean, I haven't even touched on some of the psychological components of focus. Whether or not we're interested in something, you know, or whether or not we're excited about it. This is a really powerful system, so powerful that nicotine is right up there next to caffeine as the molecule that has fundamentally changed our evolution as human beings. Human consciousness and human experiences, even if you're somebody who's never, you know, consumed or ingested nicotine. Remembering that you have these nicotinic receptors in your brain. And acetylcholine, that's, that's naturally released within your body and brain, without any trigger from nicotine, is binding these nicotinic acetylcholine receptors and is creating these effects in your brain and body. It's just absolutely amazing. Now, earlier I mentioned the appetite suppressing and metabolism factors increasing effects of nicotine. And while that's a fairly specialized component of what nicotine does, it's not the main reason why people consume nicotine. So let's talk about nicotine and appetite, metabolism, 
in a, in a really simple way. Now, you have a collection of neurons that sit right above the roof of your mouth called the hypothalamus. The small collection of neurons in the hypothalamus do a number of different things related to sex behavior, aggression, controlling your temperature of your body, which is basically your internal thermostat, but also appetite and suppressing appetite. And within the hypothalamus, there's a compact collection of these neurons, which are referred to as POMC neurons, P-O-M-C. POMC neurons in particular have been shown to be critical regulators of metabolism and reproduction. I won't try to pronounce the 20 or so letter word that is POMC or POMC. We're just going to call it POMC. The name comes from the fact that they express certain peptides, and I won't go into that now, but the POMC neurons have a very profound impact on whether or not you feel hungry or whether or not you don't feel hungry. Whether or not your appetite is suppressed, it turns out that when nicotine gets into the bloodstream and then into the brain, some of that nicotine binds to the nicotinic A4 beta 2 containing nicotinic receptors. Again, these are subunits of receptors and basically the nicotine binds on those tiny gaps I talked about. And as a consequence, these POMC neurons increase their electrical activity and appetite is suppressed. And that's because the POMC neurons have outputs to various areas of the brain and body controlling everything from how full we feel to whether or not our blood sugar goes up or down, which can also impact our hunger. So when we smoke or when we ingest nicotine in any other way, you activate these POMC neurons. You suppress appetite, but in part at least, you, you do that by, it actually limits your impulse to chew. So in addition to limiting appetite by changing your desire to eat food and chew it, there seems to be some quite direct effects of nicotine on metabolism. And the effects on metabolism aren't huge. They're, they're small increases. These are increases in metabolism that are roughly between 2 and 5%. But I want to emphasize that those are fleeting increases in metabolism. Having said that, people that quit smoking often find that their appetite goes up and they sometimes gain weight. Sometimes they don't, depending on whether or not they offset that increase in appetite with either increased physical activity or just simply eating less. At any rate, there does seem to be this direct effect of consuming nicotine on your metabolism, which is interesting because if you look in the literature of why the reasons people are reluctant to quit nicotine, if, for instance, if they want to quit the delivery device of nicotine that's causing problems for their health, like smoking or vaping, or whether or not they find themselves, quote unquote, addicted to the habit of consuming nicotine. In part, that's likely due to be the dopamine effects because dopamine is highly reinforcing and rewarding and it feels so good, so people want to do more of it. But it's also that for many people, and, and here the data really points to the fact that a lot of younger female smokers or younger female vape users are doing that because they like the appetite suppressing effects, which of course is a whole other conversation about you know, body imagery and, you know, sociology, that, that's a whole other episode. Okay, so nicotine has certain effects on the brain by virtue of the fact that nicotine binds to these nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. And those receptors are found on some, but not all, neural circuits within the brain. And I've talked about some of those already. Now, when we ingest nicotine, it goes from the bloodstream to all the tissues and organs of the body. It's amazing that it can pass through everything in the body and brain so easily. And it, it does that because nicotine is fat soluble. 
often anytime people hear the word fat, they tend to think about body fat, subcutaneous fat, or maybe they think about dietary fat. What I mean by fat soluble in the context of nicotine being fat soluble is that the cells in your body have an outer layer, like a membrane, and it's made up of lipid fat, a very particular type of lipids. Now, nicotine has this remarkable ability to move through these fatty tissues. Not all molecules have that ability, but nicotine does, so it can move relatively freely through the brain and body, and relatively freely from outside of the cell to the inner space. So it can get into the cells and it can do that with the brain. Now, anytime we're talking about the body, we could be talking about any number of things, but today I'm, I'm gonna refer to the periphery and the body in more or less the same way. But keep in mind, in, in the back of your head, you have your brain and your eyes and the spinal cord, all those things make up your central nervous system. The peripheral nervous system is essentially the rest of your body that contain the organs, like your liver, your stomach, etc. So that's what we're going to talk about now because nicotine has profound effects on the organs of the body um, that are separate from, but that also occur in parallel at the same time as the effects of nicotine on the brain. So let's talk about what some of those effects are when nicotine makes it into the bloodstream. Again, within two to 15 minutes of consuming, and it's depending you know, on the delivery device. Your heart rate will increase blood pressure and it will increase the contractability of the heart tissue. So what that essentially means is an increase in, in sympathetic tone. What I mean by that is an increase in the, in the sympathetic activity of the sympathetic arm of the autonomic nervous system. But all you really need to know is that it's a generalized system that increases levels of alertness and physical readiness. So it makes you ready for action and makes you ready for thought. It's balanced by a whole other system called the parasympathetic nervous system, which is basically the rest of the, the, the digest system, um, which is um, a system of, in neurons and, and organs that put your body and brain into a state of being able to think clearly in order to digest and fall asleep. Okay, so nicotine increases heart rate, blood pressure, contractability of the heart. So it's going to cause more blood flow in theory, although it also tends to constrict blood vessels in many locations throughout the body. This explains the decrease in penile girth effect of nicotine, in particular, nicotine consumed by smoking or vaping. Smoking and vaping reduces penis size and will also have damaging effects on the blood lining and the ethereal tissue. So over time, it actually is impairing the blood's ability to get to the penis as well as other organs of the body as well. But when people consume nicotine acutely by way of a nicotine patch, for example, it will have some of the same effects. But when not smoking tobacco, when you're bringing nicotine into the bloodstream through other mechanisms, many, if not all, of the disruption of the endothelial cell function can be bypassed. The effects on reducing blood flow to various tissues is still present during the effects of nicotine, which I mentioned have a lasting effect for you know one or two hours. The half-life is about one or two hours depending on a number of factors. So when nicotine gets into the bloodstream, it's making us more alert. It's preparing our body for readiness. The heart is pumping harder. Epinephrine slash adrenaline is released from the adrenal glands, which is you know, uh, located above our kidneys. So everything is in a state of readiness. And again, this is happening in parallel with all the effects of neurochemistry that are happening with the brain that I just mentioned earlier. 
and what's interesting about nicotine is that while it causes this increase in readiness, alertness, attention, mood, it also has the effect of somewhat relaxing skeletal muscle. Nicotinic receptors are also the ways in which your muscles can get activated. So why it would be that increasing nicotine would cause relaxation of the muscles? Well, this has to do with the neural circuits that are upstream of the muscles and also has to do with how the autonomic nervous system is arranged. So if we can step back just a bit and think about the effects of nicotine, we now have a very clear picture of reward pathways which are turned on. Attention is turned on, alertness is turned on, and you feel better than you felt a few minutes ago. Your blood pressure is up, your heart rate is up. However, it's also the exact opposite of the optimal state of physical performance, which is one of alertness, but also motivation and elevated mood. That's all great stuff to have in mind when you're exercising or competing in sport. Thinking is elevated as well, and yet your body is somewhat relaxed. That's a really interesting state of mind and body. Interesting because it's somewhat ideal for cognitive work if you're going to sit down and work on a book or you're going to sit down and try to figure out a difficult problem or if you're going to write a letter that's been really challenging for you to write. I'm talking about habits of procrastination. The the state of being very alert but your whole body is relaxed. It's almost an optimal state for getting mental work done because if you're feeling agitated in your body and you want to physically move your body, it's very hard to do cognitive work. So under those conditions, you really also want to have a faster reaction time, but a low latency for muscle activation so that you can make coordinated muscle movements in the way that you need to, which is what's required for physical ventures. So that tells us that nicotine is going to be generally a bad idea as a pre-workout tool or for enhancing physical performance. However, it's an excellent tool for enhancing cognitive ability, but definitely not for going out and playing sport. So nicotine does seem to be very good at enhancing cognitive function, at least in the short term, but we shouldn't forget about the side effects because those side effects that are independent of smoking and vaping. Other forms of consuming nicotine have been known to cause a 50-fold increase in mouth cancers, things like leukemia, And this is just generally terrible for your health, obviously. So if you're consuming nicotine by dipping a toothpick in nicotine, or if you're using snuff or things like that, you're dramatically increasing the probability of some sort of oral cancer or of a mucosal lining cancer of some sort. So I'm not telling you what to do. I just want you to be educated so you can make an informed decision based on having all the information. You'll notice that I, I didn't shy away from the fact that there are some you know, benefits from consuming nicotine, but remember that it's only in a very narrow corridor of circumstances and, and certainly not from smoking or vaping. Even these rare situations where it can give you a positive effect, I definitely wouldn't recommend it to anyone under the age of 25, and that's from purely a, a developmental stance. In other words, if your brain or body hasn't reached maturity or perhaps past adolescence, it's really not a good idea to screw around with those body and brain mechanisms. So that's it for this episode. If you've been referred to the podcast or just stumbled across it, I've got a growing back catalogue of episodes, so please check them out. I'd really appreciate a five-star rating. That helps to push the podcast higher up the list of searches and generally makes it easy to find. 
And of course, send your, your friends and family a link if you think they can benefit from the information. And you might find that the improvements you're trying to make towards a better life are easier if you have a podcast buddy that's on the same journey as you. So remember to email me if you have any podcast suggestions or even if you just want to say hello. The podcast email address is improvemepodcast at outlook.com. And if you've implemented anything from any of the episodes you've listened to so far, I'd love to hear about it. Finally, as always, I always say, try to imitate my blood type and be positive. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.